Thanks for joining us at the Good Mood Clinic podcast, where we get to the heart of the matter about what makes us humans tick. We're Justine Corrie and Gemma Gladstone, two clinical psychologists and schema therapists, and we're passionate about helping you break unwanted life patterns and finding new ways to understand yourself and those tricky people around you. Life is way too short to be derailed by our schemas, by self-sabotage, toxic relationships or a lack of self-worth. So let's tackle this together and help you reclaim your life and who you really are. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me again today for another episode of the Good Mood Clinic podcast. Now, my name is Gemma Gladstone, and I am usually here with my co-host, Justine Corey, but today I have decided to do a mini solo episode taking you through a really common theme that I experience with my clients or some of my clients. Today, I'm going to talk about a particular schema. And no prizes for probably guessing the, the, the actual schema that I'll be talking about because it's one of our favorites and it's something that we talk about a lot. And if you have this schema or if this schema is particularly relevant in your life, then you'll find that it might run amok in your relationships, particularly your romantic relationships, or if you're dating or if you're in a in a couple relationship or if you're trying out a new relationship for size, you might find that this schema really can get in the way of you thinking clearly, of you making healthy decisions, and sometimes it can just completely take hold of you and completely take hold of your emotions and it can cause you to go down all sorts of rabbit holes. And so which schema am I talking about? I'm talking about the abandonment schema. So if you have this this schema, like we've mentioned before in several of our podcasts, if you've mentioned this schema, and this schema is a pretty common schema, uh, unfortunately because of the way many people were raised, because of a lot of our early experiences, as human beings, you know, we are essentially wired for being cared for by others. We are wired to form, you know, strong attachments and we rely on those attachments, those physical and emotional attachments. And if we don't get our attachment needs met or if there are interruptions and separations and severs in our early attachments, we can develop this schema. And if you have this schema, you'll often be thinking like things like this, common thoughts might be, in the end, I'll probably be alone. Any partner that I might have, they're they're ultimately going to prefer someone else. I'm going to be left alone. My partners will leave me for somebody better or all my relationships end, all my partners leave me and so on and so forth. And sometimes there can be overlapping with other schemas as well that that are very similar. But they're essentially the sort of the core ideas underpinning that schema on a cognitive level. So they're the beliefs that often go with the schema. Today, I just want to briefly touch on these three camps that we can think about in terms of 
what's going on for you if you have this schema or if you're starting to get treatment on this schema, therapy for it, and but you are embarking on trying to find a partner, what comes up for you? A lot of my, my clients will, will have this dilemma. There's kind of, you've got to kind of navigate your way through the early phases of a relationship. If you find that you are being triggered in a relationship, it's going to be one of three types of camps that you're going to fall into, three kind of categories that you're going to fall into. And I'm going to go through each of these three with you today. A lot of my clients will will often say to me, look, I, I just don't know what's going on, right? Is it me? Is it them? Am I being too sensitive? Am I being too needy? Am I reacting to small things? Or is it my partner? Are they triggering me? You know, I just don't trust myself anymore. I don't know if my reactions are justified. You know, are they justified? I don't, I don't know. And so I'll have people really genuinely asking these questions and questioning their judgment. You know, is it me? Is it her? Who is it? What is it? Is it us? What's going on? Why am I riddled with anxiety or insecurities about this relationship? So there's three ways of looking at this. Okay. So, it's one of these three things is going to be true if that's your if that's the situation you find yourself in. The first situation will be that your schema is getting triggered because your partner is actually triggering you. Your schema is getting triggered because your partner's behavior is actually at some level problematic. You are fundamentally reacting to something that is quite real. So what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that you are actually feeling abandoned, you're feeling rejected, you're feeling somehow, you know, slighted in some way or overlooked or misattuned to, and there is some actual real-world basis for this. This is observable. If someone was observing your relationship, they would say, yep, you're feeling that and your partner is actually doing things that are very triggering, and there is some basis to the reality of what you are experiencing. I mean, there's a basis for your reality regardless, of course, but there is some evidence to suggest that this person is actually acting in a way that is abandoning, that is rejecting of you. They are being unavailable. So this would be something like they don't show up when they say they're going to show up. They change their plans at the last minute. They overlook you in important situations. They don't include you. They haven't actually, you know, you're going well in the relationship. They haven't actually introduced you to any of their friends or family yet. And nor do they want to particularly meet your friends or family. They tend to not focus so much on your needs. So they might actually be quite emotionally depriving. So. If you say that um, you had a work colleague, a random example, pass away and you're out to dinner with them and you just wanted to talk about that for a minute, but they heard that and then they changed the topic or they didn't seem very interested in anything you had to say or they weren't really attuning to your emotional tone at that if at that moment or they, they tended just to be ignoring you or always bringing it back to themselves. Um, these are all examples that this person that you're with is actually not attuning to you and you are reacting 
understandably or appropriately. So because it's perfectly reasonable to feel rejected if they uh, change their plans with you and you were supposed to see them on the weekend, but they last minute say, oh, I can't see you on the weekend because I'm going away uh, with some friends this weekend and I've decided to do that, you know, instead or, or whatever. So I'm not talking about major things outside people's control, but I, I'm talking about unreliability, you know, not being able to trust what someone says. So in this scenario, you're getting triggered because the triggeree <laughs> or the person that is uh, triggering you or their behavior is actually either being that they're depriving you, they are being rejecting, they are being abandoning in some way, or they're being very, very unreliable or very, very inconsistent. You don't know where you stand because their behaviors dictate that. So when they see you, they're like all over you like a rash, but you don't hear from them for another fortnight, right? And then they show up again randomly or they've ghosted you um, after a new relationship, they've ghosted you and then they resurface wanting to get back together. And so you give them another chance, but then they do it again and then they disappear. Okay. So it would be normal to feel rejected in that example because their behavior is commensurate with your feeling. So this is, we have to be a detective in the early stages of a relationship if you have your your abandonment schema because you have to be able to analyze very coolly and calmly what is actually going on. Is it me? Is it them? Or is it both? So that's the first scenario that you're being triggered because their behavior is actually problematic and you are reacting to something real. That's number one. So what's number two? So number two is that you're in a relationship with this person. By all intents and purposes, this person is predominantly reliable. They are predominantly reliable, but you are triggered often by small things and your reactions can create problems. This is when your schema is potentially going to sabotage a good thing. We've spoken about this in a few earlier episodes, I think way back in uh, roughly episode uh, 12 or somewhere around there. We actually have an episode on um, how your abandonment schema might actually be uh, sabotaging a good thing. This is when the relationship is pretty good. I mean, you know, it ticks most of the boxes. The person shows up. The person's reliable most of the time. They're acting in a way that is uh, consistent with someone who likes you and wants to be in your company. They it will exhibit attachment-seeking behaviors, so they'll want to be close to you. They'll make an effort to be close to you. Not always, but you know, generally speaking, the relationship is pretty good and you like this person. Now, but it could be that you're just getting to know them. Maybe it's in the first three months of the, the relationship. What you find is that your anxiety, your schema, can or could actually potentially sabotage the relationship. So it might ruin what could be potentially a good thing because your anxiety, your feelings of insecurity that are being triggered by, let's say, maybe smaller things 
or maybe more innocuous things. Nonetheless, you're triggered by these things and your reactions could create secondary problems. Now, what do I mean by this? Here's some examples. So basically, this could manifest in a few different ways. And when I'm talking about this um, category, category number two, you could have, this is your abandonment schema, but you could cope with your abandonment schema in a host of different ways. So you might actually have an avoidant attachment style and fall into this category of coping, or you might have an anxious attachment style and, and cope that way and also sabotage. So we can have the same schema, such as the abandonment schema, but we find because of our temperament and because of our life story, we cope with that schema in different ways, right? Different people will have a specific mode of operating when it comes to coping with our schemas, right? We'll have a, a normal way of coping. For some people, it might be that they get involved, they really, really, you know, they get involved with someone, the person's pretty good, but the person with the abandonment schema gets completely freaks out and leaves before they get too emotionally intimate. So, potentially thereby robbing yourself of having a fulfilling relationship. So you might get into a relationship, it's short-lived, but as soon as it sort of starts to get quite a bit more serious, when the risk is elevated, um, you're out of there. And so, but then you feel lonely again. Then you're out looking for a new new relationship, but as soon as the next one you get too attached or the other person seems to be getting attached to you, again, this is very engulfing and maybe scary and threatening, um, or maybe you just don't know what to do in this, this this level of emotional intimacy, and so you leave. Another, and because it's getting too close. Or you might be someone who might leave before, um, you know, you might be more cognizant of leaving before you get get hurt. So you might just get a whiff of the relationship and go, oh, yeah, I'm only there for the initial sexual encounters, and then, you know, I'm out of there. So. That, that might be stereotypically the kind of pattern of the avoidant man. Right? The women can be avoidant too, but you might see that a little bit more in, um, in men. Hello, Gemma Gladstone here. You know, one thing that's always intrigued me about relationships and about partner selection is that we're often operating from a place of our default preferences, our default options without ever really analyzing or questioning why we're attracted to the people we're attracted to. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you a woman who's currently dating or in a new relationship or reflecting on your relationship history? And do you have a pattern of getting involved with emotionally unavailable or narcissistic partners? And are you actually wanting to break this pattern once and for all so you can increase the likelihood of meeting someone who will actually be there for you? Well, the good news is we've created a course just for you. So just go ahead and click on the Red Flag Project at the show notes below to find out all about it. Now let's get back to the episode. So also falling into this category, though, are people would, which, would, which would have more of a bit of an anxious attachment style. So they might, um, they might find that their anxiety, their desire to be close, and to make sure that their schema doesn't come true. So to ensure that someone doesn't abandon you, you might en- engage in these different behaviors, consciously or unconsciously, which actually might be very sabotaging, um, counterproductive. So things like becoming very demanding, 
or becoming very, very super clingy or getting angry really, really easily or mind reading and expecting the worst from your partner and then accusing your partner of being unfaithful, say, when they're, when they're not catastrophizing or, you know, perhaps coming on too strong in a relationship before you really know the person or before the person really knows you. So coming on too strong. If you're sort of in a relationship or getting to know someone and the other person is pretty reliable, they're there, they're actually interested in you, they're actually curious about you, they more or less say, you know, they say, they follow through on what, what they say, they don't break plans, they're pretty consistent with you, but yet you're still getting triggered. So this is this, this camp. And you might get triggered to the, um, you might be sensitive to the tone of their voice. So perhaps they've had a bad day and their voice is just a bit flat or their mood is a bit, a bit flat. Well, you know, if you're being led by your, a lot of anxiety from your schema, you might be thinking, Oh no, they're upset with me. They're going to break up with me. Whereas really it could be just that they've actually had a bad day and they're exhausted and they need their space, right? So, or you could be involved with someone who likes you and they're enjoying getting to know you, but they're actually just, they're slow to warm up people. So they're going at a reasonably slow pace, just wanting to get to know you slowly, but this um, ambiguity is very frustrating for you and you kind of want all or nothing. You know, you want to be in it or out of it, like none of this middle ground. But for many people who have, who don't have an anxious or avoidant attachment style, so have more of a secure attachment style, for many people like that, going slow at the beginning of a relationship is actually what they do. Yeah, they actually go slow and this is healthy. But if you have rather an anxious attachment style specifically, you might find this very difficult to tolerate because you're worrying, you know, okay, am I in or am I out? Do you like me or don't you? I can't stand the ambiguity. I need to know now. I need to know where I stand. And that's your anxious, vulnerable child just desperately wanting that that reassurance that everything is going to be okay. But obviously in adult relationships, we, we just don't always have that up front, right? It takes time to build and it takes time to get to know somebody. So in this camp too, the one where you, your partner's pretty much okay, everything seems to be going well, they seem to be very interested in you, they're a good person, they show up, they're consistent and they're they're more or less very reliable, but you're still getting triggered, then you have to look at more of your own anxiety, what is driving that and how what are the things that you are getting triggered by and the feelings of intensity and you need to be sort of more focusing on, okay, well, perhaps I need to assume that all is going well here and that I need to breathe, that I need to just be very mindful to my to my triggers and I need to do more active work around my abandonment schema. What I mean by that is more active healing work. So getting professional help, looking at the origins of your schema and really understanding what is driving your schema? Because you don't want to continue to do sabotaging behaviors, which might render the very thing you don't want to happen, happen. Like, for example, overcompensating and really questioning and harassing your partner, for example, um, out of fear of losing them. And then they really, they've put up with that for so long, they can't put up with it anymore. And then they break up with you. That can be the eventuality of, of some of these self-sabotaging processes. Uh, that are fueled by the abandonment schema. Okay, so that was the second camp. So the third camp is probably pretty easy to figure out. It's like 
a combination of the two, right? So, and this is one where you really probably need a third party to sit down with you and figure out what's going on. So, this is a combination of the two. So, perhaps you have an abandonment schema, right? Well, you do because this is what we're talking about. You have an abandonment schema and maybe your partner's situation is or your, maybe your partner or your partner's situation is is triggering you somewhat, but the relationship might be otherwise quite good. So, for example, this might be getting involved with people who already have a number of obligations and attachments, like getting involved with somebody who has children for whom they are responsible. So, if they have dependent kids, right, then, of course, you're not going to be number one on their radar. And that's okay because that's the reality of the situation. But it's not okay for your schema. So your schema is going to be very triggered. You're going to be very triggered by that if you have an abandonment schema. Nonetheless, you've gone in eyes open and have chosen that for yourself, yet you're still being triggered by it. So this is sort of like, that's just one example of when your partner is actually pretty good, ticks a lot of the boxes, is interested in you, is curious about you, does does care about you. They've demonstrated reliability and consistency yet, and it's not their actual behavior that is depriving or, you know, it's not that they don't don't care, but they might have just too many competing demands. And this might mean that you have to tolerate more periods of dealing with the feelings that come up for you. Yeah, this is a tricky one for people, you know, and it is a tricky one to kind of process because at one hand, you've opted in for a relationship with you know, the person that has to fly interstate every fortnight or something, or you've got involved with someone who is great, but you know they are contemplating going back overseas to live back into their home city, for example. So then you have the dilemma of what to do, you know, or you know you've gone in open eyes and they have kind of kids, so. The person might be trying to meet your needs and they might be there and reliable and so forth, yet their circumstances make things a little bit more challenging and give you more things to be triggered by. In this situation, it's really a sort of careful analysis needs to be made. You really do need to sit down and figure out, okay, is it me? Is it them? Is it both? And and to what degree is it them and me, (laughs) right? To what degree... In reality, are these people there for me? Is this person there for me? You have to really assess that and say, well, are they interested? Okay, do they pretty much 80% of the time, are they reliable? Are they are they caring of, of me? Um, and also you have to ask these same questions of yourself, of course, right? Uh, are they available and are they caring for me most of the you know time when they're with me? Are they attentive? Are they interested? Do they seem to care? And so forth. That person might also be dealing with other stuff as well, right? So sometimes we do need to have a a close assessment or a close analysis of what are the things that are triggering me and how can I manage that? Do I need extra help around that? Do I need to heal some of my own stuff, my my unhealed abandoned child? Yes, probably. Probably do need to do some of your own deeper work. So that's that's number three, where where there's a bit of a combination. There's things that your partner may be doing or not doing that are actually triggering you, and they do kind of fall into the camp of, well, yeah, technically these people are sometimes unavailable for me, 
but by and large, the, the quality of the bond is quite good. These people do care for you, but maybe the circumstances are untenable for you. And that's something that you have to kind of decide and ultimately by going through and weighing it all up. You know, what can I do to modify or to modify my expectations in a realistic or a healthy way? What can I do to work on my schema versus is this person actually available? Do they have capacity for a relationship? Because, I mean, there's no secret that often sometimes people put their hand up for relationships, but they actually don't have the time or the capacity for a relationship. So that's true as well. So, so you really have to sort of figure out what's going on there. You know, check out, uh, we always recommend the book Reinventing Your Life. Have a read of that because that will help you work through a bit of the abandonment schema. You know, if you want to have a deeper look at this, we, we're also offering the Schema Chemistry webinar, which is a two, two and a half hour recorded webinar where we, we talk about these patterns in relationships. And of course, if you're a woman with a dating history of being attracted to unavailable partners, then the Red Flag Project online course for women is also something that we have developed that you can have a look and the the, um, link is just in the show notes for both of those things. I hope that's helped you to look at, you know, if you do have an abandonment schema and you're finding that you've got quite a bit of anxiety going on for yourself in a new relationship or maybe even a relationship that's been going on for several months, being able to analyze or getting some professional help or having a look really sort of weighing things up and asking yourself, well, is it me? Is it that is it that I'm being triggered by fairly innocuous or minor things and I need to do a little bit more work on myself to feel more more tolerant of those things or capable to handle those emotional ups and downs? Or is it that actually by my measurement and by by measuring it in a very calm and and a healthy adult way, I can see that my partner's actually not there for me, right? They are actually acting in a way that is inconsistent, unreliable. They are emotionally unavailable. And therefore, perhaps I need to end that relationship because that person is actually not there. And we've spoken a lot about that on the the podcast. So that was category number one, where your schemas get triggered because they're actually triggering you, i.e. your partner's behavior is actually um, problematic and you are reacting to something that is very real. It's not just your schema. Category number two is when really probably it's just it's more your schema than what the other person is doing, and perhaps this person is really quite there for you, and the relationship is mainly positive, but you have some self sabotaging processes that are going on here, all driven by your abandonment schema. And category number three, where it could be a combination of both, and that's where you need a cool head to look at what exactly are you doing. What exactly is your partner doing? Where is the middle ground here? You know, is this a good relationship that you just need to get more help with dealing with your abandonment schema? Or is it more tipping over into the space where the, the partner is not, a, not available? I hope those three um, ways of looking at it have helped you try to work through and sort out what's going on. If you have any questions, please drop us a line at Justine and Gemma at Goodmood. I would also like to just remind you last week, Justine and I let you know that we are in the midst of developing a online course called Know Your Schemas. This is a course going to have about eight modules. It's about 
eight hours of video lessons. And it's really a course that's been designed for people to who are interested in schema therapy or self-development to understand what makes you tick, right? If you've got patterns in your life that you're thinking, what am I doing this for? And you want to understand it at a deeper level, then this is a course you can do where we will take you through all the early phase stuff in schema therapy. We'll take you through all the psychoeducational components of schema therapy. You'll discover, uh, okay, what your primary schemas are, how they play out in your life and give you a real insight into, oh, wow, I'm linking this issue or this pattern with this schema. And then if I want to change that, maybe this is where I can start. So it's our mission to be able to provide you with all that information so that you can then choose to then decide what to do next. Do you want to explore it in more depth with your therapist? Do you want to seek out schema therapy? Or are you ready to run with it from there? Or do you want to do some more self-learning? And so, and so that's our mission with this, with this course. And the link to just sort of sign up your interest for that course is going to be in the show notes. So that is the Know Your Schemas. It's a self-paced online course that you can do in your own time. It has some great content in there to get you up and running. And if you've been listening to our podcast and saying, oh, it sounds good, but I'd really love to know a little bit more about schemas and how they apply to me, then that would be an excellent starting point for you. Once again, thank you so much for listening and we value that you tune in to us and we hope that we can continue to provide you with some good content here on this podcast. So all the best and um, can't wait to speak to you again. Hi, before you go, I just want to tell you about a new offering that we have. It's a two-hour recorded schema chemistry webinar. This is for you if you've ever wondered why you have super high chemistry with people who turn out to be just absolutely no good for you. Or perhaps you've struggled with finding those people who are emotionally available attractive. Or maybe you've got in your head that you're only attracted to a certain type and you couldn't possibly be attracted to that person unless they were your type. Well, all this has to do with schema chemistry. And schema chemistry is the attraction that you feel to partners who have the potential to really trigger your schemas. Or another way of saying this is that they have the potential to emotionally wound you in the same way that your primary attachment figures did. So Justine and I have developed this webinar and in the webinar, we go through schema chemistry in a whole lot of depth. It's two hours, but we really get into the nitty gritty here. We tell you where it's from, how it develops, the origins of it historically, and we go into what it feels like. We go into common case examples so you can identify yourself and your own patterns in the webinar. And then we start to tell you how you can really unpick it and how you can start to challenge schema chemistry. Because, I mean, we've all had those kinds of relationships where the sexual chemistry is super high, but really, like when it comes to emotional needs, you get zero met, right? This is all to do with schema chemistry. We've all had those relationships where there's high chemistry at the beginning, but sadly, they just crash and burn and then we're devastated. Well, we're going to tell you all about it in this webinar. Don't miss it. It's the schema chemistry webinar. Just click on the link in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening today. 
If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to share it with others. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notifications when new shows are released. You can visit us at goodmood.com.au forward slash podcast for more information. You know, this podcast is intended for learning and entertainment purposes, and we really hope it achieves that. But because it's not a substitute for personal therapy, we'd like you to consult a qualified mental health professional for tailored support. Bye for now.